Heavenly Father, we pray that you opened our ears, our mind, and our hearts to the words that you have prepared for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, Pastor Tom has kind of set a precedent that it's okay to poll the congregation. So I'm going to take use of that today and start with a question. Um, and just by a show of raise of hands, how many of you personally have been affected by adoption? Just kind of by a show, personally affected by adoption. Yes, we've got a few. I'll raise my hand. Actually, next month would be 10 years um, from when Landis and I, my wife, brought our kiddos home um, from Haiti. And so we hear a lot about adoption, especially in the church today. Um, if you go to a Christian concert, uh, you know, they hand out flyers. You can sponsor children. There's, there's opportunities. We here at church also support a local nonprofit um, that is a, a, pro, a nonprofit that works with families that are fostering, leading to adoption. So it, it's something that's very in our, in our normal circle of, of understanding now. Um, and we might think that that's kind of a new thing with communication, with, with kind of the crisis that we have in Vanderburg, Warwick, and, and our surrounding counties. But if we look at it, this is really part of God's culture. Adoption's not a new idea. In fact, God instituted it way back in Genesis when he called Abraham. Now, if we look at the Latin root of adoption, it's A-D, ad, and then optore. And that means to, to call to yourself, to bring to yourself. So God, in Genesis 12, calls Abraham. And he calls him out of his own land and makes him his own. And not just Abraham, but through Abraham, God calls an entire nation. He adopts an entire nation, choosing them to be his own people. If you look at that last part, that optore, that's where we get our word option. We have options. We can choose an option. We choose it. So to choose or to, to pull to oneself is really what that word means, that word adoption. We barely get a quarter into Genesis, and there's God adopting an entire nation. He also does it on a smaller level, individually. If we look through the accounts in Scripture, probably the most known account is Moses. Moses' mom puts him in a basket in the river because Pharaoh is killing off the Hebrew children, the boys, because the Hebrews becoming too numbered. And Pharaoh was getting scared that they were going to outnumber the Egyptians and take over. So to save Moses, his mother puts him in a basket in the river. And he's found by Pharaoh's daughter. Who chooses him and brings him in and raises him as her own. And God uses Moses to bring the Israelites out of Egypt. We look at Esther and Mordecai, a story we don't typically talk about. Mordecai was Esther's cousin, an older cousin, 
Now, we don't know a whole lot about Esther's family other than that Scripture tells us that her parents were deceased and that Mordecai had to raise her. He chose her and God chose her to become part of Ashwerses, so kind of a tough name to say, the king, his court, so that she could save the Israelite people. We look at Eli and Samuel, Hannah, prayed to God for a son. And she said, if you grant me this son, I will give him to you. God heard her prayer and she had Samuel. And she took him to the temple and gave him to the priest Eli and Samuel was raised and would later come and be the one who chose David as king. There's more. Naomi and Ruth. Ruth married Naomi's son. And he, he, he died. He, he and his brother were both deceased. And Ruth probably makes one, one statement that's very common, very knowledgeable to you. And that is, where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God, is what Ruth tells Naomi. So it didn't matter the age, Ruth adopted and chose Naomi to be her family. She chose to stay and be part of the Jewish nation, to be a Hebrew, because she was brought in through marriage. And we even look at the story of Jesus. And Joseph, Joseph, knowing that this child, Jesus, was from the Holy Spirit, God chose Joseph to raise Jesus here on this earth with Mary. And through Jesus, God saved us all. Now, the highlight of each one of those is a very positive ending. But with adoption, one of the things that I learned through my own experience, through the readings, through the books, through the therapists, through all of it, is that this statement is true. And that is, every adoption begins with brokenness. And if we look back at those accounts that we just went through, arguably people, you might argue the Jesus Joseph, but Jesus did leave his glory. There was a separation there of his glory. But all the others began with brokenness. Abraham, leaving everything he knew to follow God. We look at Moses. And Moses' mother, a separation, a brokenness that she couldn't raise him. Naomi and Ruth, the death of a husband and a son. Eli and Samuel, the giving up of a son to the temple and the priests. Mordecai and Esther, Esther's loss of both of her parents. Our story, 
the separation and brokenness of God in our sin. And if we look at our reading today, our epistle reading, at verse 15, Paul says, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. Again. Meaning we were in slavery. We were enslaved to sin. We had no way out. We had no redemption. We had no freedom. But he says, no, you did not receive that spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. So our sin keeps us captive and creates fear in us. Fear of the unknown. Fear of the what ifs. Fear of, did I do enough? Fear of, who am I? What's my purpose? What, what's my identity? But he goes on to finish, but you have received the spirit of sonship. And the NIV 1984 says sonship. The ESV says the spirit of adoption. The spirit of adoption. Well, how do we receive that? Through our baptism. It's through our baptism that we are brought into the family of God, where we are made one. God chooses us out of all the people. He chose us to be part of his family, to do his work, to partner with him. Through the waters of baptism, we are freed from that slavery of sin. We are freed from that fear of the unknown. We have an identity. We know who we are, and that's a child of God. And because we're a child of God, we're his children, we can go to him, as, as the passage says, and call him Abba, Father. Why both of those? I thought that was interesting. Abba is a very relational term. Very, almost like, Pastor Tom says, almost like Papa. Some people have said it's almost like Daddy. It's very relational, comforting. He just wrapped his arms around us. Father denotes authority, reverence. I almost liken it to when my kids were little, they would call me daddy, right? They knew that I was daddy. I was going to take care of them. I was going to love them and nurture and comfort them with their mother. And then as they got older, they started calling me Dad. Dad. They recognize the authority, the, the reverence, the healthy fear, the respectful fear of the position of father. And that's what Paul's saying. We can cry, Abba, Daddy, Father, as we fall under the authority of Jesus. 
as we fall under his authority as his children, as children of God. He goes on to say in verse 16, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Through our baptism, the Holy Spirit reminds us, tells us, reveals to us through scripture that we are not alone, that we are God's children, that we have a purpose. No matter how young or how old, it doesn't matter. Our identity is not in that. Our identity is who we are in Christ. And that is a child of God. And being his child, we are heirs. Heirs to what? We are heirs and co-heirs with Christ to eternal life. Being able to be with Christ forever in eternity. He says, now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. With a little side note that this is not going to be an easy task. We share in Christ's sufferings, but through those sufferings, we share in his glory. Because God chose you and you and you and you, all of you and me. Why? Not from anything that we have done, but out of the sheer grace and mercy of his son. It makes me think of the passage in John, John fifteen sixteen. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. If we change that a little bit and use the language of, of adoption, you did not adopt me, but I adopted you and brought you into my family, brought you to myself through your baptism so that we can be together and you can call me Abba, Father. So that you no longer are separated from me in the brokenness of sin. But we are together with Christ always. As we carry that baptism around with us wherever we go. So I'm going to end with another question. And this time, instead of having you raise your hand, I'm going to have you stand up. So after going through the idea of adoption and what Paul says and the, the knowledge and the revelation that the Spirit gives to each one of us through our baptism, I'd like for you to stand up if now you've been affected by adoption.
Praise be to God that through our baptism, we are children of God and brothers and sisters in Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen.